As the final podcast in our series on reading and understanding the Bible, we will address the viewpoint that our Bible today is not reliable. Many people reject God's Word because they claim that the Bible writers made errors. Could we have a book from God that contains mistakes? How does this affect one's faith in God? Join Eric Lyons as he examines the topic of the reliability of the Bible and why it is vital for the foundation of faith in God. Hello, my name is Eric Lyons. I'm from Apologetics Press in Montgomery, Alabama, and I would like to welcome you to this class on Is the Bible Reliable? Now, at Apologetics Press, for a number of years, we've been doing a lot of writing, a lot of speaking. We've produced a lot of DVDs about the inspiration of the Bible, and we talk about some of the attributes of inspiration, the predictive prophecy of the Bible writers. We've talked about the scientific foreknowledge of the Bible writers. We have talked about the unity of the Bible writers, and we have talked about the factual accuracy of the Bible writers. Now, having gone through various attributes of inspiration, a lot of people still have questions about the Bible. In fact, there are billions of people around the world who reject that the Bible comes from God and is from God and is inspired by God. But why is it that people reject the Bible? Well, there are a lot of different reasons. Some people, they reject the Bible because they've never read it. Uh, other people, they reject the Bible because even though they've heard of it before and they've read some of it, they've never heard the proofs for the Bible's inspiration. And so some people are growing up in homes all over the world where they are listening to their parents talk to them about how the Bible is not from God. And so they are six-year-olds and seven-year-olds and they don't believe the Bible is from God. Others, maybe they have a friend who tells them something about the Bible and maybe they've inv invited them to Bible class and to worship, but they've never heard reasons why they should believe the Bible is inspired. Uh, there are people who hear their teachers say things about the Bible and they assume that because their teachers are atheists or that they are agnostics or skeptics that the Bible can't be from God because their teacher said the Bible can't be from God. Uh, there are others who are uh, they're very turned off um, to the Bible and Christianity because of the professed uh, actions or the actions of certain Christians and people who profess to be Christians even though they don't really act like Christians. May God help us, those of us who wear the name of Christ, may God help us to be genuine in our Christianity. But for those who aren't, it's, it's sad because they are causing other people around the world to not have a legitimate reason why they shouldn't believe in the Bible, but they assume the Bible can't be from God because surely it wouldn't make Christians who are hypocrites. Well, it doesn't make Christians who are hypocrites, but there are people who will claim to believe in the Bible, but they... Um, they do not believe that, they do not take the Bible to its uh, end game. They, they, that is, they do not believe what the Bible writer said truly or they would be acting like Christians should really act. And then there are some people who simply want to rule their own lives. They, uh, they don't want a God telling them what to do and they don't want a book telling them what to do and so they reject the Bible. But you know, in recent years, it seems to me, that a lot of people have been rejecting what the Bible has to say and they reject God's Word because they are claiming that the Bible writers made a number of errors. And they've been listening to a lot of Bible skeptics and a lot of Bible critics and what they have to say about the subject. Let me give you an example. Dan Barker, who uh, was a denominational preacher turned atheist, he wrote a book, in fact, titled Losing Faith in Faith from Preacher to Atheist. 
In this book, he said, people who are free of theological bias notice that the Bible contains hundreds of discrepancies. The Bible, he said, is a flawed book. Dennis McKenzie, in his book, The Encyclopedia of Biblical Errancy, he said this. He said, every analyst of the Bible should realize that the book is a veritable miasma of contradictions, inconsistencies, inaccuracies, poor science, bad math, inaccurate geography, immoralities, degenerate heroes, false prophecies, boring repetitions, childish superstitions, silly miracles, and dry-as-dust discourse. But contradictions, he said, remain the most obvious, the most potent, the most easily proven, and the most common problem to plague the book. And so there are a lot of young people, a lot of older people, who are listening to what skeptics and atheists and Bible critics like these men have to say about the Bible. And so they assume that the Bible cannot be God's Word because it has a number of Bible contradictions. Let me show you another quotation from a man by the name of Mike Davis. Mike Davis is a self-proclaimed atheist. wrote a book a few years ago titled, The Atheist's Introduction to the New Testament. And in this book, he said, the basic writings of the Christian religion are so full of absurdity, contradiction, and discord that the only way to maintain the truth of the Christian doctrine is to ignore the Bible itself. Now listen to this. He said, fortunately for most Christian churches, this is not a problem because most Christians do not read the Bible seriously and are woefully unaware of its contents, except for what their preachers tell them on Sunday mornings. Let me stop that quotation for just a moment there and elaborate for just a second on the point that the atheist Mike Davis made. He said that a lot of Christians, that they, they don't really know how to defend the Bible because they don't read the Bible. They don't listen to what their, uh, their preacher says a lot and they're just in what they do listen to what their preacher says, they just take it as, well, that's the only Bible they need for the week. And so he's saying there are a lot of people who are not studying the Bible on their own, and there are a lot of people, a lot of self-proclaimed Christians who don't care to study the Bible on their own. May God help us as people who claim to love the Lord, who claim to read this book. May God help us to be people who will read it and will share it with others and will strive to give good answers to our friends. Now, it may be that there are some atheists or skeptics who are watching this video and you're saying, yeah, I know a lot of Christians like that. Well, that is, that's unfortunate if that is the case because the Bible calls us to be people who are diligent in our Bible study, who search the Scriptures daily, who are striving to interpret it correctly. Well, Mike Davis went on in his book, very early in his book, in fact, on pages one and two of his book to say this. He said, when I started to study the New Testament seriously, I found it to be filled with more contradictions and inconsistencies than I ever imagined or remembered from my days in Sunday school. You can use the Bible to prove that the Bible itself is untrustworthy. If you are familiar with these biblical flaws, you can easily prevail in any debate with a typical Christian fundamentalist. What kind of, what kind of alleged problem in Scripture would someone like Mike Davis, would he point to? Well, he and others, they have uh, looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8 and Numbers chapter 25 and verse 9, and they have alleged that these two passages contradict each other. How many Israelites died because of their sexual immorality? Was it 23,000 or 24,000? Well, Numbers chapter 25 verse 9 says, And those who died in the plague were 24,000. 
But when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8, the apparent sister passage or the, the passage that is believed to be the one that, that uh, corresponds with Numbers 25.9 where the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, he said, "...nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell." And so it is claimed that these two passages cannot uh, be anything but contradictory. What's unfortunate is there are even those who claim to be Christians. There are those who claim to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And they look at passages like this and they claim that, well, it does appear that the Apostle Paul must have made a mistake. In fact, in a book that was uh, co-authored by Peter Davids called Hard Sayings of the Bible, in this book, and it's probably, I don't know, 700, 800 pages long, and it's dealing with difficult Bible passages. And it's a book where they go through a lot of other Bible passages and they explain them, I think, very well. Well, in this particular case, in regards to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8, uh, Peter Davids makes this comment about that passage and about the Apostle Paul. He said, here we have a case in which Paul apparently makes a slip of the mind. For some reason, unless he has special revelation, he does not inform us about. But the mental error does not affect the teaching. How often have we heard preachers with written Bibles before them make similar errors of details that in no way affected their message? Let me stop right there for just a moment and I'll get on with the rest of the quote here in, in, in just a minute. But notice he seems to compare the Apostle Paul with a preacher in the 21st century. But the fact of the matter is, as you listen to me teach these series of classes on the reliability of the Bible and is the Bible reliable, most likely you're going to hear me make a mistake. Most likely when people are watching this, and if you're watching this right now, maybe you're at your house, maybe you're in a, in a church building or somewhere else, you may be thinking, well, that guy just, he just cited the wrong verse. Or maybe he made another blunder here or there. Well, that's very possible. In fact, I have no doubt that that is going to happen probably several times throughout this series of lessons on the reliability of the Bible. However, I'm not claiming to be inspired by the Holy Spirit as the Apostle Paul was. Peter Davids went on to say this. He said, In the full swing of dicta dictation, he, that is Paul, cited an example from memory and got a detail wrong. Allegedly, the Apostle Paul made a mistake. Now, this is written by someone who claims to believe the Bible is from God. And so, I want to switch uh, basically from talking about alleged Bible discrepancies and maybe looking at explaining them for just a moment for those who don't believe that the Bible is inspired or for those who have serious questions about it, to asking ourselves, could it be that we could have a book that is from God and yet contains one or more mistakes in it like some Christians believe it could. Well, I believe that is simply illogical and impossible if this book is God-breathed, if it is from God. Why would I say that? Well, because God is truth. Everything about God is truth. Truth is His very nature. It flows from Him. And throughout the Scriptures, the Bible writers testified of this fact. His Spirit is truth, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 6. His works are truth. Uh, Daniel chapter 4 verse 37, it was King Nebuchadnezzar who made that observation. Now, he wasn't inspired by God, but he made a serious and surely a truthful observation. The Bible tells us his law is truth in Psalm 119, 142. His commandments are truth. His words are true. His judgments are true, Psalm 19, 9. Everything about God is true. God cannot lie, Titus chapter 1 verse 2. It is impossible for him to lie. 
In fact, the psalmist said it this way, quoting from the American Standard Version. He said, The sum of thy word is truth, and every one of thy righteous ordinances endureth forever. Or if you're looking at it from the New King James Version, the entirety of your word is truth. Now, if God is truth, if He is true at His very core, at His very essence, and He's not only true, but He knows everything. That is, He is omniscient, that God knows the secrets of the heart, that His understanding is infinite. Well, if God knows everything and truth flows from Him, then we should expect the Bible to be true. Well, if, if God is perfect and if the Bible is the Word of God, then the Bible in its original form must be, must be true. Now, why would I say in its original form? Well, because when you have a copy of the Bible and it comes off the uh, printing press, let's say in Nashville, Tennessee, and you see that there is a copyist error or a transmission error here or there is an error at, that was made at the publishing company, well, that is not the Bible writer's fault. In the Bible that I used previous to this one that got pretty worn out and so I've switched to a newer one now and I'm very thankful to have a new Bible here, in Mark chapter 14 and verse 16, the uh, previous Bible I had said, So his disciples went out, Anno came into the city. Anno. Well, the word is supposed, supposed to be and, but the stem of the D, it was uh, not clear in that particular copy of the Bible. Well, is that the Bible writer's fault? Well, no, not at all. And so when you have, uh, when you have errors of of a copying like that. Well, that's not what we're talking about and that's not what anyone is referring to when they talk about the inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible, the Bible writers writing free from error. Now, some argue that, you know, the Bible was written by humans and to err is human, thus the Bible could not have been perfect from the beginning. And that may sound good to a lot of people, but consider the fallacy of such reason. Jesus was a human being. Galatians 4 verse 4, He was born of woman. Human beings sin, correct? Romans chapter 3 verse 23, Isaiah 53 and verse 6, human beings sin. And so, is it correct to conclude that Jesus sinned because Jesus was a human and human beings sin? Well, of course, we as Christians who understand the rest of the, the Scriptures, we understand that it is claimed and it is true that Jesus did not sin. I want you to uh, notice a... Uh, a quotation from a book that Norman Geisler and Thomas Howe that they uh, wrote a few years ago in this book they wrote called When Critics Ask. They said this. They said the mistake is to assume that Jesus is like any other human. Sure, mere human beings sin, but Jesus was not a mere human being. He was a perfect human being. Indeed, Jesus was not only human, but He was also God. Likewise, the Bible is not a mere human book. It is also the Word of God. Like Jesus, it is both divine and human. And just as Jesus was human but did not sin, even so the Bible is a human book but does not err. Both God's living Word, Christ, and His written Word, Scripture, are human but do not err. They are divine and cannot err. There can no more be an error in God's written Word than there was a sin in God's living Word. God cannot err, period. Well, so it's not going to do to say if you are a Christian who believes, well, you know what, I, 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 uh, I believe there are some hard sayings of the Bible and I can't, uh, I, I'm not going to take the time to figure them out and so I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air and say, well, I guess the Bible writers just made mistakes. You see, it's not logical 
to claim that the Bible writers made mistakes if you believe that the Bible is from God because one of the attributes of inspiration is the factual accuracy of what the Bible writers wrote. Again, if I told you that, that I am inspired of God, which I am not, but I have His holy word that I can read from and know what God wants us to do and believe. But if I said I'm from God and then I said there's a message right now that God is speaking through me to you. And then I began to make all sorts of mistakes in that lecture, in that class. You would know what? You would know that He obviously is not from God. You would know that from other scriptures as well because God speaks to us today in the 21st century through His complete revealed Word that was completed and that was confirmed nearly 1900 or more than 1900 years ago. And so it's, it's, uh, it's one thing for people to say, well, I'm a Christian and I believe the Bible writers made mistakes, but it's really uh, not very logical to claim that. It's also not very logical to say that Paul made a mistake in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, unless he has special revelation that he does not inform us about. Because Paul did inform us about special revelation, correct? Didn't the Apostle Paul claim to be inspired by God? Or are we just reading 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and the other epistles he wrote, and we're just reading them as, as good books? I mean, just we put those books up there next to Chicken Soup for the Soul and maybe uh, some other books that are, are favorites in your library. Well, Paul did claim inspiration. He claimed that his message came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He claimed that his message was by the word of the Lord, the word of God in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and chapter 2 and verse 13. He wrote that God's message was revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. So Paul was not the originator of this message. It came from God. And so for someone to claim, well, that Paul made a mistake uh, unless he has special revelation he does not inform us about. Well, the fact is Paul did have special revelation and he did inform us of that. So let's go back to Numbers chapter 25 and verse 9 for a moment. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8 and let's see uh, if we can understand how these two passages, how they could both make sense and both be truthful and not be contradictory. Well, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, and we look at Numbers chapter 25, verse 9, you'll see that there is a difference here. Let me read these two verses again. Numbers 25, 9. And those who died in the plague were 24,000. Those who died in the plague were 24,000. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. You see any differences there? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, notice that the Apostle Paul said... In one day, 23,000 fell. When you go back to Numbers chapter 25, it mentions in the day of the plague, but it's using the word day there in a different sense than a normal 24-hour period. And later in this uh, series of lessons on the reliability of the Bible, we will probably look at, most likely look at, how the word day can be used in different senses, and it certainly can in Scripture. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8, he mentions in one day 23,000 fell. So is it possible in that plague that 23,000 died in one day and that there were 24,000 who died in all? Sure, that's possible. Well, the skeptic or the Bible critic uh, who's, who's hearing that explanation 
And if you're listening to it right now, you may be thinking, Eric, I'm just, I'm not buying that. And that, that's not much of a difference. It's amazing to me how often that people can talk one-on-one -on -one with each other or in a group and we compliment each other's uh, conversations very well. And what I mean by that is we may say different things, but we, we both understand what we mean by that and how we are very forgiving and how we understand and we give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, a few years ago, I was on the Kerrville, Texas Daily Times website. And on that, uh, on that website, on the homepage, it said that that particular newspaper, they won... Um, they won 17 awards in some statewide contest. 17 awards. An accomplishment for that newspaper. Congratulations to them. On that very same homepage, they had this story. The Daily Times won 16 awards in the first day. 16 awards. So are those two contradictory statements? No, they won 16 awards the first day and then they won 17 awards overall. And so it could very well be that the Apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8, that he was saying exactly what he said, that there were 23,000 who fell in one day, but when you go back to Numbers 25, 9, it could very well be that there were 24,000 who died overall. Now, as we'll notice in the next lesson that we have, there are a number of different possibilities and explanations to various things. It could very well be, it might be, that the Apostle Paul wasn't referring to that exact time in Numbers chapter 25. And it could be that there are some other explanations. In fact, I fully believe that there are, but for sake of time, we're going to move on from this and ask this question. For those who do not believe the Bible is the Word of God, if you have, if you have some friends right now and they say, I don't believe the Bible is from God, and you say, why? And they say, well, because the Bible has mistakes. Do you think it would be very effective to tell them, well, so what if the Bible has mistakes? You need to accept it as the Word of God. Why would they believe that the Bible is from God if the Bible has mistakes in it? I received a letter a few years ago from a man named Ken who stated this. He said, I'm not a Christian and these Bible discrepancies are one of the biggest factors of my still not being a Christian. So should I have written him back and said, Ken, I don't worry about those, uh, those Bible discrepancies. They'll take care of themselves. They'll be okay. Just, just believe the Bible anyway. I think he would look back at me and say, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. He might write me back. He might phone me. He may just never talk to me again and think that I'm, I'm kind of crazy. Let me uh, tell you about another letter I got. Just read one statement from it from a man named Walt. He stated that the turning point for me, he said, was when I realized the Bible was not inerrant, when he went to, uh, into his state of unbelief. He said that his Bible, that when he believed the Bible was, was, uh, had mistakes in it, the Bible writers made mistakes, then, well, then I turned to uh, become an unbeliever. Should I have written him back and said, well, you, you don't need to be an unbeliever. You can be, a, you can be a Christian and believe the Bible writers made all sorts of mistakes, a variety of mistakes. You see, if the Apostle Paul made a mistake in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 8, who's to say he didn't make a mistake when he wrote to the church in Rome. And who's to say he didn't make a mistake when he wrote to the churches of Galatia? Let me read you one other letter I received from a young person a few years ago. She said, I'm an atheist. My background, I was raised in the church of Christ. Went summers to Christian camp, got baptized at 11. I started researching different aspects of Christianity and the Bible. It wasn't long before I came to the conclusion that the Bible wasn't inerrant. In fact, 
I felt pretty stupid, she said, for believing so long when I did see all of the errors and inconsistencies. After I didn't believe that the Bible wasn't errant, belief in God just fell away. It's very unfortunate, very sad that she fell away from believing in God and believing the Bible to be the inspired Word of God. But she was actually being logical about one point, and that is if the Bible writers made a lot of mistakes, then the Bible cannot be the Word of God. Well, some people contend, Eric, you know, uh, maybe God just got the spiritual parts of the Bible right. I believe there are a lot of Christians who uh, decide they're not going to study their Bibles very seriously. They're not going to try to answer the questions that unbelievers have about why the Bible writers wrote this or that. And they're going to conclude, well, you know, maybe God just got the spiritual matters right and maybe nothing else really matters as much. Well, there's a problem with that. First of all, there are no statements in Scripture that would lead a person to believe this manner of interpreting the Bible is acceptable. I mean, think about when, when you go through the Bible and you read what the various Bible writers wrote. No Bible writer ever called a single passage of Scripture into question. Even the most controversial parts of the Bible, they didn't call into question. They believed in the truthfulness and the historical reliability of even the most disputed parts of the Old Testament. You realize the New Testament was not completed yet, was not written yet as they were writing it. And so they were writing a lot and they were commenting on a lot of things in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, excuse me, especially the uh, predictive, the prophecies about the coming Messiah and uh, many other things. Well, there are a lot of passages in the Old Testament that are criticized heavily, right? I mean, there are a lot of people who claim it's ridiculous to think that, that Adam and Eve were the first couple. That, you know, that, that people just didn't, uh, people, surely they evolved from various other half-ape, half-human-like creatures millions of years earlier. There are a lot of people who claim that belief in, in Adam and Eve, an original couple, is, well, that's, that can't be right. But when you look at what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he said, well, that's a, there really was an Adam and an Eve. And when he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he talked about the serpent's deception of Eve. Well, there, you can go through the Old Testament. You can go through the Bible stories about Noah and the flood, about Lot and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, about the crossing of the Red Sea, about Jonah being swallowed by a big fish. And you can see that every time the Bible writers, they believed in the truthfulness and accuracy of those stories. And so it will not work as we set up this class on is the Bible reliable. It will not do, not logically speaking, just to say, well, what does it matter? I'm going to be a Christian anyway, and I, you know, I'm going to teach all my non-Christian friends they need to be, believe the Bible is the Word of God even though it has a lot of mistakes in it. Well, you may be a Christian and your faith may be more shallow because of that, uh, but it won't help in talking to those who are not Christians about this. And so I would like to say to my friends who are atheists and agnostic and skeptics that you are right in that. If the Bible writers made mistakes, then the Bible is not from God. And I hope that you respect the fact that we acknowledge that. But I hope you also will respect a lot of the principles that we're going to go through in this class on the reliability of the Bible to know how we can interpret the Bible accurately and fairly. The Bible writers believe that even the smallest details of Scripture were trustworthy. I mean, think about it. Think about what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16. He said, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, And to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. 
the Apostle Paul is referring back to those prophecies and predictions about the coming of the seed of Abraham who would bless all nations. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18. And notice that the Apostle Paul made a distinction between a singular noun and a plural noun. A plural noun and a singular noun. And he made that distinction and he could accept the truthfulness of a noun being singular thousands of years earlier, a few thousand, a couple of thousand years earlier in the day of Abraham as it was written a few hundred years later by inspiration by the prophet Moses. Now, New Testament writers always viewed statements by each other as being truthful. They never once criticized each other's writings. They had opportunity to do that, but they didn't do that. Peter indicated that Paul's writings were as authoritative as the rest of Scripture, even though Paul on one occasion withstood Peter to the face. Peter wasn't perfect. The Bible writers weren't perfect, but when they wrote by inspiration of God and they were moved by the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, that that must have been in an inspired, inerrant way. Paul quoted both Deuteronomy 25.4 and Luke 10 and verse 7 and classified both as Scripture. They believed the Old Testament was Scripture. And they believed that what they were writing was Scripture as well. And so, even though some contend that God only got the spiritual matters correct, let's be clear about this. There are no statements in Scripture that would lead a person to believe this manner of interpreting the Bible. Secondly, as we begin to conclude here, were it true that only the spiritual sections of the Bible are inerrant, everyone who reads the text would have the personal responsibility of wading through the biblical documents to decide which matters are spiritual, thus inspired, and which are not, thus uninspired. Now, if, if it was my job and your job and your job and your job and everyone in here, all of our responsibilities to decide what is accurate and what is not accurate, and thus what is inspired and what is not inspired, then we're going to have a lot of different versions of the Bible, aren't we? And so it's not going to do it. That would make us really authoritative over Scripture instead of Scripture being authoritative over us. And then thirdly and finally, even though some contend that, that God only got the spiritual matters correct, and I'm talking about those who would call themselves Christians who want to believe the Bible to be the Word of God, but they, uh, they have come under the influence of some and, and they believe for whatever reason that yeah, the Bible writers made a variety of mistakes. One of the reasons it, it will not do to conclude that, well, that God got the spiritual matters correct is this. And I think it's very logical. If this is the case, then one is forced to conclude that on some occasions God breathed truth, while on other occasions He breathed error that God breathed error. On other occasions, He breathed truth. But we've already noticed God is truth. His Word is truth. His commandments are truth. Everything about Him is truth. He cannot lie. And if the Bible writers truly did make mistakes, then how can we ever know what to believe that they, what they wrote? How can we know what is spiritual and what is not spiritual? Is, is where Jesus was born, is that spiritual or is that not spiritual? Is immersion in water for the forgiveness of sins, is that spiritual or not spiritual? You see, the Bible writers, what they claimed was inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And what that no doubt includes is they must have been factually accurate in what they wrote about everything. What they wrote about Jesus, what they wrote about His nature, what they wrote about God, what they wrote about the Holy Spirit, what they wrote about how to become a Christian. Now in the remaining lessons in this series on the reliability of the Bible. We're going to look at a variety of things, including in our next 
two lessons, principles that will help us in understanding the Bible better. And I hope that those of you who have friends who are skeptics and atheists and agnostics and those who doubt the Bible, that, that you will share these principles with them. And those who are watching this video who are atheists and who reject the Bible, that they will seriously ponder on the principles that we'll look at in our next two lessons. Thank you.